You're now listening to the Stardust Oasis, a Nomads podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Stardust Oasis, a weekly podcast dedicated to covering the latest news, community topics, and hype about Star Citizen. I'm Shepard Johnson. And I'm Shepard Rom. And we're all hyped up about itself this week. On today's show, we're talking about Sneaky Snake Tactics, the May 25th ATV. Which also happens to be about Sneaky Snake Tactics. Convenient, right? Ready to get into it, Joe? Pouch it! So last week, we got to see a new ship, the Aegis Eclipse. A ship some are praising, while others absolutely see no purpose to the ship. Well, I'm here as your resident asshole to tell you it's a great ship, and you should love it, and here's why. Alright, so first of all, it's a stealth ship. I mean, there's not enough stealth ships in the game, in my opinion. Oh, are we just jumping into that? I was going to, like, discuss, unless you wanted me to start listing off features and be a solo session, your call. Uh, look, we fuck it, we'll do it live. Uh, so, as far as stealth ships go, I've got a saber, I wanted a hornet ghost really badly, I can't think of any off the top of my head. What do you got? Well, because you have the Hornet Ghost and also the Saber, but that's really it when it comes to stealth. And I think it's a role that's not often seen in a lot of games that, you know, focus on vehicles. So just the fact that they're already talking about, you know, shutting down your systems, going dark, going sneaky snake, and coming up behind someone before they even know you're there, that just gets me going. Uh, I imagine it makes a lot of people feel kind of nervous. I know that... uh... A lot of competitive gamers or, or people who think they're competitive are often upset that there's, quote, no counterplay for whatever the threat to their body or ship is. Um, people often complain about the takedowns, like, I don't want one-button takedowns in the game. Um, I do think it's an important component to, say, uh, org-on-org combat. Like, uh, it's something that other orgs are definitely going to want to be aware of. And I think that's probably healthy for the game. Yeah, I think that if you just have a, well, I've got a super ship. I can't be taken down because I have thought of all the possible outcomes. I think that's stupid and is definitely not the thing that they're going for. So I like the ship for a lot of reasons, and it's mostly because, yeah, it does tip that scale of power where, like, you can roll in a javelin and you're like, par har, I know this battle space and death be upon all enemies that come and get me. But then you can have a wing of, you know... Some uh, eclipses come out of the you know back and then feed you about three or four size nine torpedoes and then all of a sudden you're like, well, fuck. So you, this is going to make operating a single capital ship a risky business if you're trying to strong arm people with it. Yeah, uh, I was just about to say that it gives um, ships with uh, advanced scanners much more meaningful gameplay, especially in org on org action. Um, what I'm interested in is what does this do to the other bombers? Like, where does it put the other bombers? You know, you're talking about the Gladiator. You're talking about the Tally. Um, you're talking about, uh, I guess, the Vanguard Harbinger, which is the Vanguard bombing variant. W- where does it leave these other ships? I think it still makes them applicable. So as I understand it that they talked about in the ATV, this is like a step up from the Gladiator, since the Gladiator is a carrier-based bomber and is going to be operating in support of, say, like a Javelin or a Bangle because, you know, it's unwise to operate those alone. Uh, but it's not going to be as, you know, hit them hard and punch them and, like, sustain combat as some of the higher-class ships. Like, I know the uh, it's a Harbinger, correct? That thing is like, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to own this battle space and you can try to kill me, but I'm going to still spit off my payload and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I'm going to sit here and punch it out with you. 
And then it's also a long-range bomber. Uh, I imagine you could use it for uh, more expeditionary forces rather than stuff that's carrier-based. Correct. Um, I, the what is? Do we know what the Gladiator's torp loadout is? I don't think it's very big. So they've called it three size nine torpedoes. So no, no, that's that's, not... that's the Eclipse. I'm talking about oh, the Gladiator. You know, the Anvil Gladiator, which I think only has a size five mount. I think it only mounts size five torpedoes, and I don't even know how many of it it can. Go to the ship's page. Oh, I already I already did it. I'm looking at it right now. I'm also pulled up because yeah, it it uh it has two size three pylons and one size five pylon. Now we all know that the ship loadout stuff on the website is woefully out of date and it may well be that the gladiator ends up getting a torpedo loadout similar to something a little underneath a retaliator or an eclipse but i gotta think that size five torpedoes are just not really going to compete with size nine so where does the gladiator yeah. fit so like i said the gladiator is going to be that support missile so think of it as like you know how you use the snub fighters all the time this is going to be like your snub bomber so it's in the name. It's a carrier-based bomber. So this is not something that's going to operate alone. This is not something that's going to, you know, you're going to need a full wing of gladiators, and you probably will in most scenarios. Yeah. So think of this as like your cut and dry, you know, say if we for some reason get a bangle, just for shits and gigs. So, you know, as your resident tactical expert, here's how I would probably put all the ships in that thing i would probably just for cost effectiveness outfit that mainly with gladiators for the bomber wings and that's because if you lose a gladiator it's not like not a you big just deal fucking, yeah you didn't just fucking lose an eclipse which is a fuck ton of money um or a, so or, are, or a retaliator which is also a significant investment exactly so this is like your you know i just lost another darn but it's not the end of the world because I've got about another 50 where that came from. And you're still about to get fed a couple of torpedoes to your face. So you're seeing, so you're seeing like a battle group that's say um, like a cutlass SNR vessel. You're seeing uh, like a couple of Idris's, you know, the, the, the carrier variety uh, and a wing of bombers to go with them. You know, so when right. somebody gets knocked out of the fight, Hey, there's another gladiator right over there. Exactly. So it's for the gladiator, it's a quantity over quality kind of thing, as okay. opposed to the eclipse, which I think is, you know, you're not going for a hardcore, like massive thing, but you're still, that's the one that you're going over quality over quantity. You're looking for a very designated, very fine tuned strike, and you're going to make that hurt when you hit. And then you're going to be like, see ya, I'm done here. And then you are out of that bitch. Well, I almost want to say that if the Eclipse is successful at its role, it will, I, I, I want to make the argument that it is going to make all of the other bombers useless. Okay. So I don't think so. Well, hang Here's... on. Let me, let me make the argument before you counter, <laughs> before you countervail the army. I'm totally fine with it. Um, if the Eclipse is successful, right? You, you would have a hard time selling me on the reason to buy a bunch of gladiators when, say, six gladiators is maybe not as effective as two eclipses piloted that don't require an Idris to go with them. They don't require necessarily a fighter escort, depending on how stealthy they are. I, I can see that there's a lot less support necessary for an eclipse, depending on length of mission, you know, duration of travel. Um, I think that specialized vessels always, almost always obviate generalist vessels. All right, so here's why I don't think that's true. And I'm going to walk through each bomber and why I think it's still going to be applicable. All right. So you've still got your Gladiator, which is your carrier-based bomber. And that's going to be more for, like, you're thinking grand-scale battles. Like you said, Idris is fucking, you know, everything is huge. And you've got a couple different carriers, and you're slugging it out. And you're going to, you're expecting losses. So this is where the Gladiators only come into play, because you are going to take some hits, and you are going to lose some fighters. And it's just going to be, you're pumping 
quantity because you're still trying to get some hits on with those well, smaller torpedoes. Let me let me talk about that for a second. So um, you're talking about uh, taking some hits. So yep. if the premise of the eclipse is that it doesn't take hits in return, it gets in and it gets out. Why would you use anything in a situation where you could like imagine? Let's talk about f combat uh, from a, I guess, a, a more um, strategic sense. If you can minimize the opportunity for the enemy to punch back while also simultaneously striking first, why would you not do that? In this scenario, I'm talking like grand, like this is fleet on fleet contact. Sure. So if we're fighting over a massive battle space with another huge organization or possibly even Vandal Fleet or whatever. Okay, have, what, that's you know, fair. I, I hadn't actually considered Vandal Fleets as a thing that we're going to be worrying about, but that's a good point, so continue. Yeah, so if we're going up against a massive fleet engagement, sometimes getting the first strike isn't going to be enough. So, like, sure, we could have five or six, you know, eclipses, and that's only going to get us so far. And that's implying that they all get in, they all make contact with all those hits, and... You know, even therefore. So yes, this is a good first strike vessel, like you said. So this is going to be the thing that I would probably send in, open up with those size nine torpedoes. But and that's probably vanish, not going. To, yeah. Yeah, and that's probably not going to wipe the fleet at this time. This might only, you know, make them stop for a hot second, so we can get our fleet in position or something, or then open it up for the rest of the fleet, including a shit ton of gladiators to come and get that knockout blow. Okay, so it sounds like you're saying that the the relative value of a gladiator to an eclipse is an important component when you're talking about prolonged engagements exactly so okay. you know as we get deeper in the game lti is not going to be much as a factor like in actual release so we can't always think about it like well i'm gonna just lose the eclipse anyway fuck it you know it's i think it's eventually going to come down to the part like you know if i have to choose between losing a gladiator or losing a couple eclipses i'm gonna choose to lose that gladiator okay so how much is a gladiator monetarily just because it's the only thing that we have to compare to right now how much actual money does it cost to pick up a gladiator right now so as of now on Starhanger, which is obviously the Reddit uh, warehouse for aftermarket ships, an Anvil sure. Gladiator with LTI is going to cost you 183 aftermarket. So you're looking at a $70 discount for a Gladiator. It's not quite that a Gladiator is worth half of an Eclipse. How many extra Gladiators do you need to make up that cost difference, do you think? Like I said, I'm thinking about this from a, an endgame perspective where we're not taking real money value into this. Okay. So I'm thinking about all in-game currency. Because, you know, LTI doesn't matter. Like, we can... So, let's just say, you know, we're down in endgame scenario and we're looking at stocking up a carrier. And I think eclipses are going to be important to have in there, but I think it's also important to have a mix because variety is the spice of life, as they say. Maybe while you're pushing that frontline charge with maybe some, you know, harbingers and, you know, some hornets and something like that, you know, they're going to go do the hard push. Maybe you're doing a right hook with some eclipses on the side and you're sending some sabers their way to give them some cover as well. So it's just a matter of kind of like maneuvering forces to their strengths. Hang on. So I want to drill back down to something you were talking about earlier. I think that the cost of ships uh, for organizations to assemble is important. Um, there is a limited amount of resources. Now, I know you're talking about Endgame. Uh, I'm envisioning something a little less grand because not every organization is into the Endgame uh, and not everybody's going to have unlimited resources. So how much does a Gladiator have to cost compared to an Eclipse to make it an effective counter tool? I would say if... I'm going to say in-game currency again. I'm thinking like three to four times. So you can buy probably three so, to four gladiators for one For the eclipse. cost of an eclipse. Um, I mean, I feel like that's probably right. If you look at the loadout of a gladiator, you're looking at, what, size five, maybe size six torps if they end up buffing it. Sure. Uh, 
I don't know how to, I don't know exactly how much damage they do, but I know that um, you can only mount one of them to that pylon, barring again any other changes. So if the Eclipse carries three size nines and a Gladiator carries one size six, I don't even think I think they need to be like one to six ratio in order for those for those vessels to be effective. I agree, and here's. I think the survivability of a gladiator might be a little bit higher too. Oh, you know what? You know what? That is, that is correct, um, and it's it's unknown as to whether or not um, the the stock loadout on a gladiator is going to be able to scratch, say, an Idris's shield slash armor over time, right? So if it's if it's more survivable, it might be more useful over time, like a sustained correct. damage scenario. Okay, so uh, let's move past the gladiator and talk about how it compares to the the retaliator. So the retaliator, in my mind, is you know, as they say in the thing, like, this is a weapon of war, a symbol of a tyrant, and a, sh a ship of trade, so, like... Oh, I see you've been reading the fluff. Yes, I have been reading the fluff, but I think it... The fluff is also their reason behind making the ship. This is something that I see as almost like an escort vessel, in a sense. And that might sound weird, No, uh, but... I, I, I'm actually going to jump in, because I think you've made a great point. Um, it's a lot longer range, it has a lot of defensive turrets, it may well just be, say, your tiny little baby Corvette that goes with your Idris or your Polaris's, right. and it's just a force multiplier on its own. And I've, that's what I see it being, is because, you know, maybe it's moving with it, or something like that, but... No, I think that's great. Um, I, I like the idea of mid-size multi-crew ships that have a similar role to bigger ones. If a Retaliator is a pocket Polaris, I think that that's a great thing for players to be able to buy to go from, say, I like the Eclipse or, uh, God forbid, I like the Gladiator, but I want a bigger bomber that my friends can be involved in, but I don't want to get the Polaris, which is also, you know, uh, the Polaris is obviously geared towards knocking out other capital ships. It's faster, sure. has big torps, etc. Um, I think it's good to have the Retaliator in a space in between them. Yeah, and also, like, it, I think it's going to be a more... This is what I see being a versatile ship in all sense that it's going to have a lot of different systems that you can modify. This, is, this might be something that you use on a long-range mission. Like, for instance, if you're trying to bomb something real far out from where you are currently, you might send in like a wing of retaliators because these things are survivable. They're big. They got a huge fuel store, and they've also got quite a large payload. Do they have a uh, living space? You know, if they have like beds and stuff. I don't know about that. I'm All right, kinda... some some listener with a sweet retaliator should let us know in the comments. Um, I do know that there are some modules planned for the Retaliator that are non-military in nature. I know they're planning like trade modules and stuff like that, stuff that will replace the torpedoes with other things. So it, sure. may, be, it may be possible that you kit it out to be a long-range bomber in addition to having some beds or something for a super long-range mission. Yeah, it, it's something that, yeah, like you said, a pocket Corvette. This is just right before you start getting into capital ships. Yeah, like but... bit like big boy capital ships. Yeah, honestly, here's what I see it as being is like if you've got a large trading operation, I could see ourselves having like a lot of retaliators instead of Polaris is just out of operating for costs. escorting. Like, yeah, let's say that a fucking Vandal question mark capital ship of medium size pops in, and you're like, oh well, you know, there goes the trading convoy. Yeah. Or you can be like, here, I can hold it off at least with a retaliator, if not possibly destroy it with the payload. Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, we don't know what uh, players are going to be able to do with uh, Idris's in terms of piracy. It may well be that having a couple of retaliators traveling with a hull E is a sufficient deterrent. Yeah, because I mean, you might be able to see that thing. It, like, it might not take you out, but it might put some serious dents in your hole, and you're like, well, well you don't, maybe just... You don't have to kill people to make piracy 
unattractive. You just have exactly. to make it you expensive. Just need to get cost effective. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe the Eclipse can live in that role too. It could be uh, useful as a silent escort. That's what I can also see it being like, because the way I see it working in our current thing is like, maybe I'm cruising around in that thing a little bit more, and I might not be the damage dealer or like the dogfighter. But say something big comes in, like let's say we've got a pirate Connie that we always see in our little, uh, you know, pirate swarms. So let's say someone's trying to pirate around in the Connie. Those things are a bitch to take down, like we've tried to do so many times. Is like, sure, you're going to get there, but you need to lay some shit into them, right? Yeah, they do have so, they do have uh, quite a bit of survivability. Correct. So then here's this eclipse that says, ah, bitch, you thought, and then it's going to feed you a size nine torpedo, and all of a sudden you are toast. Yeah, and you did not you see it coming. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, uh, does that pretty much cover what we want to talk about when it comes to bombers? Um, I think we still missed one. Did we? Oh, the Vanguard Harbinger, the mm -hmm. the bastard child of the bomber wing. Yes. So, and I would say that's unfair. Why do you say that? Because I can see that thing being like that is what I imagine as being the bomber lead. Your like, B seventeen. Yep that that is going to be the bomber wing, like. Oh shit! Here comes a wing of harbingers, and they are going to bring some shit with them. Well, I think I think that's an interesting question. Again, I think there's an important question there, and the question is, what is a harbinger's bomb loadout? What is its yeah. torpedo carrying capacity? And I think we'll see that as it comes closer to time. But if I just had to finagle a guess by just looking at the cargo, well, bag. I can just look at it right now, and I'll tell you that its pylon mounts are currently a size two, a size two, a size three, a size three, and a size two. At least, right. according, at least according to the website. Which and I don't think that's going to be exactly true, because if you look at its cargo bay, I mean, just look at those those torpedoes take up at least half the ship. I, so, I, am, I am looking at some concept art for it right now, and I'm seeing right. one, two, three in a cargo bay. And they do look approximately the same size as the size nines on an Eclipse. I think they have the exact same design, at least from a right. shape and length standpoint. So maybe the Vanguard Harbinger carries three torpedoes, and it does it in a much more durable and gunfighter-y package. Yeah, and I think, like, just looking at the turret on that thing, I think in one of the pictures, it looks like it's got fucking rockets for a turret. So, it, you see that? If you, like, look at the turret and the picture, that uh, thing Yeah, I'm looks seeing like, it, yep. And this is just all purely speculation. But that also might be... What I imagine it being is, like, that turret has also got packing some heat that's going to punch into some uh, some shields and some holes. It's like, if that thing can spit out rockets like it's fun... You know, you're going to have an issue on your hands real quick if that gets close. Well, if I recall correctly, the Vanguard is roughly on a same cost level as the uh, Eclipse, so maybe it's just your go loud version of an Eclipse. I think you're very correct, and I think the way I can see that happening is you are still going to want to have numbers because if you can't take them all down, the rest of them are certainly going to kill the fuck out of you. Well, I think the I think the Vanguards are overall better dogfighters than the Eclipse is going to be by quite a wide margin, at least looking at the fixed mount size 5 and then 4 size 2 gun loadout. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I guess it, 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 it I guess it really is just your, your go-loud version of Eclipse. It's for people who want to scrap. I think you're right. And, and, and they, and they want to scrap without carrier support at long range. Right. I think it's going to be one of those, like, drop a shoulder and push in, and then, like, let's see what happens. To use a sports analogy that some of our listeners may be like, please no, it's your fullback. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, you ready to move on, buddy? I think so. All right, let's do the thing. This podcast is supported by nomadsorg.com. 
Nomads is a free and open collective. We gather by choice, cooperate by choice, and are free to do as we please in the verse. We respect only one law, never cause harm to another nomad. If you'd like to fly, fight, and trade with equals, visit nomadsorg.com. That's N-O-M-A-D-S-O-R-G.com today. Now that we're done with the daily spelling lesson, let's get into the next story. Okay, so we've got the May 25th uh, ATV, and I'm not even going to bother with the brief because I'm assuming anybody who's listening to this podcast also watches Around the Verse. That said, what do you want to focus on from this Around the Verse? Because there's a lot to get into here. So I'm going to save my favorite part for last, but something that at least talked to me a little bit is I like how they address the eclipse because like we were talking about earlier, it was a question to mark in the community. So I like how they're at least addressing him and being like, hey guys, we're talking about this a little bit more instead of just being like, here's a new ship, fucking deal with it. Do it. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like they're supporting this ship release a little more. They may be a little gun shy because people are like, oh, it's not a cash grab. People are starting to get a little um, hardened to the idea of buying ships uh, for a game that isn't done yet. Um, I I don't know. I think they did find support of it. It's definitely a super niche ship in my, my estimation. So a little a little more support's necessary. Uh, I did like how they teased it though. They they copied the um, Northrop Grumman F one one seven ads yeah. where it was like covered. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, I liked it too. And now there's the big joke about the tarp not being for sale, which is disheartening because I would love to have it in my hangar, like covered up, being like it's a secret. <laughs> sure, you're a big fan of memeology. I understand. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is there anything else that struck you in the ATV? Oh, uh, let's see. I mean, I liked all the animations, and they talked about planetary animations, so, you know... Yeah, so I, the the thing that you're talking about right there is they've started working on animated decals for um, planet geometry. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a big deal. It lets them do more interesting visual things without a ton of overhead. Um, doing particle effects is extremely costly for a PC, and the idea that if they could get a good-looking uh, particle effect that's not actually a particle effect, uh, that bodes well. Uh Here's the thing that I took from looking at that that decal. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've seen in the latest ATVs makes me feel like they have a lot more development momentum right now. Oh, yeah, and that's something that I've been kind of spouting off in the corner for a while. It's like everyone seemed to be talking doom and gloom, like, it's never going to be finished. But I was like, I don't even have to be in software development game development to tell you that they are still pushing the main body before even talking about it because that's just how things get done yeah so, um anybody who's in the industry is well aware of how software delays are a super common pervasive thing it's just something you need to expect whatever the delivery date is for a piece of software fuck it add two years to it and you'll probably be closer to reality right and the fact that their scope keeps on broadening which at some point it's going to need to stop which you know, so that that is a me now that is but, a thing to legitimately be worried about. Chris Roberts is extremely well known for adding scope onto games where he already had like all the features nailed down. That said, some of the scope creep that we're seeing here, such as you know landable moons, uh, procedurally generated outposts, I'm on board with because the oh, fact, absolutely. yeah, the fact of the matter is, um, I already had the game that we're talking about if you take all that stuff out like 10 years ago i played the shit out of freelancer i love freelancer um it's also an old game design and as far as mmos go it is basically feature incomplete at this point right and you know that's the thing is like i approve of 
a very large scope because I wanted to see a game that I possibly myself could not see everything of. And like that's if the key foundation of the game is going to be exploration, then I think that's a very important thing to add is like maybe the scope needs to be broader than anything that's been done before. I, I would know? say in a lot of ways it is. Uh, I know we had a conversation recently with a developer friend of ours uh, who works at a big uh, Canadian firm. Uh, and his opinion is that it's just never going to get made. That may be because traditional game companies are very, very wary about taking on a game of this kind of scope. Yeah, and that's why I'm so interested, and I pray that this game will work, because I think if it does work, it's going to be quite literally like the only game of its kind to ever be made, you know, truly. In or, or maybe it sets the stage for what a truly large crowdfunded game is about. Um, I, I know that I plan to continue to support the game after its release, uh, largely because it is the game that I've sort of always wanted. It's obviously not going to be everything I wanted because that's insane. Uh, setting up bad expectations for a game is a guarantee that you're going to be disappointed. But as far as what it's trying to do, it's definitely squarely in my wheelhouse and there is nothing else like it that hits that spot. People talk about Elite. Elite, frankly, is not that good looking and art is an important thing for me. Um, yep. The ship diversity in Elite, not that great really not that interested in it and all of the other parts of it that have been coming along slowly uh such as you know planetary landings and planetary vehicles and stuff is just not appealing frankly yeah i honestly have never played elite so maybe just cut my opinion out here because i can't be like ha ha no i mean uh everybody we have opinions no i think it's fine to have opinions about a game you never played uh everybody has an idea about what star citizen is if they've heard of it and looked into it at all um and we've got plenty of friends who are like I would never spend that much money on a video game. We've got plenty of friends who are like, it's never going to get made. And they have opinions based on, you know, they don't watch ATVs. They're not paying attention to the website. Um, and it's okay to have opinions. Uh, that said, I, th I feel like a lot of the doomsayers maybe are not really paying attention or maybe don't have the right perspective. I, I think they're just not looking into the game and seeing like, because here's what I said about four or five years ago. I said... You know, young me was like, ha, that will never happen, and it will be, it'll come out in a few years, and it'll be, you know, hashtag disappointment, you know. Except, in except here you are three years later buying an Eclipse because you're, you're looking at the ship pipeline, and you're like, damn, that shit looks tight. You exactly. Know? And, and, and you're and looking the, at the gameplay that you have in 2.6, and you're like, man, this feels pretty good even at this stage. Exactly. So that's because I did pay attention because I, I had that glimmer of hope. You know, copyright is the glimmer of hope. And as time went on, I kept on checking back every, like, so often I'd be like, hey, you know, this is moving along nicely. I remember when I saw they dropped Star Marine, which was a big question in my my mind, if they were going to add, like, person movie. Oh, like, so, oh hey, so here's an interesting thing from the ATV that struck me that I, uh, I wanted to bring up. And I might step on your toes a little bit. So they, they have a segment, and feel free to chime in, where you're, say, in Alasar and they're developing um, custom in-game advertising. And, you know, you that, don't that, know. that might not be I'm a... <laughs> it's fine. That might not sound like a big deal, except later they get into other broadcasts. Maybe you want to shine some light on that. Oh, see, that was the one thing that I was talking about that, like, tickles my fancy and, like, that I was going to save for later. Well, I got to gotta segue you somehow. Yeah, exactly, or else I just ramble forever. Correct. So, first of all, I'm going to talk about the ads, and that just tickled my fancy so much when I saw like, I can't even tell you when I saw that. I was like, like, oh, like why, that why, did awesome. that, why did that get you excited? Because, like, it's just the 
like a little it's, touch. It's, it's like a little. It's like a little. It's a little touch, exactly. It's that in-depth thing that, like, hell, you can already see in your real life today. You go on Facebook and you have like someone advertising, you know, military T-shirts because I'm fucking like looking at military stuff, and then because, like, oh, because that's you can't creepy. help yourself. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. So then, you know, it's the same thing with like, imagine you just bought an Aegis ship and then you're walking around the thing and then they have a fucking like ad for like, here's more Aegis stuff because we know how much you like it. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I am, me. I am on board with the Aegis line. In general, I like their designs and the idea that they send me in-game ads for say, uh, Aegis specific parts for ships or they're like, we see you've shown a lot of interest in stealth ships. Do you want these stealth components? Uh, I think that in... I think that uh, retargeting ads, specifically targeted ads, in my real life are irritating as fuck. Because mostly yes. I feel like I'm being manipulated. In a game where I know that I'm being manipulated the whole time, for some reason I'm sort of okay with it. I'm like, exactly. oh, good. I didn't know about that stealth component. Thanks for reminding me. And it's almost like it's because it is like real life, and that's what adds that depth and that little touch. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like just a little tweak on real life. Exactly, because, yeah. you know, and that's something that tickles me about IM 2.0 is because you're like, I can pick up the soda can and chuck it at this dude across the you know, stadium because I can't. Why do you want to throw things at me all the time? Because I can. What have I done to deserve this? Because I can. Oh, okay, got it. It has nothing to do with me. It's completely impersonal. You're just like throwing things. Exactly. So it's I'm, just a matter I'm going of to like, start calling you my ape friend. That That's me. <laughs> But that's the thing is like because it is just like in no other in not many games I won't say in no other games but in not many games can you just roll over pick up like something off the ground and be like and this is mine now that I'm gonna walk around with for shits and gigs helmet carrying confirmed exactly yeah. so it, it's the same thing with like in not many games are you going to have a touch of reality where it's like throwing an ad up in your face and being like hey are you sure you don't want to check out this little bar over here that like you've gone to millions of times I don't know. No, I, I think it's fine. Um, so, and then beyond that, uh, they talked about potentially broadcasts that can be sent to areas that have nothing to do with your personalized ads. Say maybe a Vandal fleet incoming? Yeah, and exactly. That's what I want to touch on is something that's always been in the back of my mind is like how much the Vandal are going to be a menace in this game or not. And, you know, I know that they're pretty like okay-ish with the other alien races. Like they kind of put up with them and vice versa but they're really like anti-human well i know so that i know the banu trade with them i don't know how the Taveran think about them and i definitely don't know what the xian think about them but you're right they're going to be an important glue for the player base if they're a legitimate threat to player operations you can absolutely see people working together in multi-crew and org scenarios to protect their assets exactly and that's what i'm excited to see is i'm excited to see oh god we have this massive kingship now entering the sector that is going to completely just shut down trade in this region, which yeah. may be detrimental for hundreds of orgs. And that's what I think, because I, I was really worried in my mind. I was like, well, you know, I wonder if they're just going to have like the Vandal on the edge of space being the proverbial boogeyman being like, hey, so yeah, here, um, I'm going to hurt you. That's an interesting observation. I know I invoked Freelancer earlier, and one of the ways that Freelancer worked was the further you got out into space, the more dangerous it was. But it very sure. rarely it very rarely happened that dangerous things could happen when you did not expect them. Um, another thing that excited me about the ATV is they talked about GM tools, which basically means that they can on the fly introduce events into the MMO and it's the it's the and it's the uncertainty of say um, tabletop role playing games that makes them exciting somebody has their hand on the wheel and they can direct the narrative in a way that is compelling engaging and interesting 
Yeah, and that's the thing is like I can't wait to see how that goes because already I love how other people play video games. And no matter like I, I can't I honestly can't think of a single game where someone's playstyle has made me go, Arg it's because someone has been at some point so creative or so interesting that they've devised this play style and then like has it has now become to be more popular or, or less popular. Do you consume do you consume Twitch streams? Yeah, uh, no. No, I don't watch Twitch either. Um, I don't know. I, I know some people who do. What you're describing sounds like what people really like to do on Twitch. They see how other people play the game. Maybe they learn things. Maybe they, you know, get some personality out of it. Um, right. Are Are we gonna start streaming Star Citizen at some point? I think we will when I see like a full roster of no time and like we're gonna have time just like doing stuff because I also don't want to be streaming Simulator 2.0 and it's just like hey watch me float around in space for about 30 minutes as I like yeah I don't think know. the streams are very very compelling right now I mean there's some interesting stuff where people are doing group shots or maybe testing out uh, some of the stuff that I like seeing streamed is like people testing out weapons and stuff but I think that's really premature considering most of the, uh, the game isn't actually there yet right um, however it, I see it being a thing when we start doing like organized or organized missions and stuff like that where you've got multiple people doing stuff so it's like you know maybe i'm covering the mining operation or something that's like actively got shit going yeah you know that's interesting um i think it would be interesting to do streaming of say a nomad team right like you've yes. got a multi-crew and maybe you've got a perspective from each player you know and uh that would be an interesting way to experience content right like you switch between the streams to see how the game actually works Exactly. And it'd be interesting because if we all had different ships, you'd be able to see the different play styles and, you know, how someone's being a tank as opposed to someone's being like a little float around and shoot you in the butt, you know, kind of thing. All right. Well, um, is there anything else from the Around the Verse that you wanted to cover? Um, no. Are you just, I'm just hyped for Levski. I, I have to be yeah. honest. Uh, the, go ahead. I was going to say, the th I, I just keep on seeing that one canyon. I can't remember. I just cannot wait to fucking fly through. Um, I did see some interest. This is not really related to the ATV. It's uh, from a, a Twitter video that Sandy Gardner posted. Um, they had a QA guy walking up to a ledge on a cliff, and it was very, very steep and very, very tall, which actually allayed some of my fears about procedural generation of the planetary assets. The idea that the procedural generation could make something that was like truly awe-inspiring was a nice touch. Yes, and, and that's what I can't wait for. Is And that's what I feel like I kind of noted that. I think it was last week when we were talking about, like, making planet number, you know, 3002. Feel like something new, yeah. Exactly. I, I think they're still going to add in, like, hey, over here, we should at least have two or three. Oh, Jesus, look at that. That's pretty kind of things. And, like, I can't wait to go over a planet and, like, you see a volcano erupting or just some you know, astronomical shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would like to see everybody, obviously everybody likes to see changing planetscapes, biomes, uh, uh, tectonic activity, life forms, etc. Uh, judging from what we've seen so far, everything is pretty desolate um, in terms of, you know, what's on the moons. I think that fits for moons. I'm sure that's why they started there uh, instead of going straight for a planet where there has to be vegetation and life forms. Um I think I, I think it's looking good overall. I guess if I had to give them a grade on where they are in development is for for the planetary tech, I would give them like an A. Um, yeah. Everything I've seen looks impressive. I want to get into it, and the only reason it upsets me is because I can't do it right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, good chat. I guess let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. All right. All right. Uh, do we have another segment? 
so that's where we were still kind of you know what around you know what ideas. i got this let me let me do this all right well i lied we don't have another segment and that's because we're lazy writers so that's it for this week's installment of the stardust oasis join us next week for more exciting hubbub about spaceships people who are or are not interested in star citizen and maybe probably we'll talk to some of our org mates who are interested in star citizen we'll see you in the verse and we hope some dust gets in your eyes Okay, so that's the so that's the end. Let me do the. I could just use the bumpers. I'll just use the bumpers from the last uh, recording. Or I can find some different ones for you. No, nah, we'll just reuse it for now. It just makes it easier. I'm gonna hit stop recording. <laughs>